Well, hello and welcome to Living Courageously. You know, Jesus said that in this world, you will have trouble, but to take heart because I have overcome the world. And it's our prayer that you will not lose heart because with Jesus, we will overcome. You see, good is stronger than evil. Love is stronger than hate. And life is stronger than death. And even in the midst of all of the chaos, he still has the whole world right in his hands. Well, this week we had a chance to catch up with one of our friends. He's a Hollywood producer and to be quite honest, is one of the most inspirational people I have ever met. Let's see what Devon Franklin had to say. Joining me now is best-selling author, award-winning film and television producer, and Bay Area native Devon Franklin. Devon, it's great to see you, my friend. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, Pastor Ken, man, yeah, you put up the bat signal, I show up, so thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Last time you were with us at the church, it was right before the release of your film, Breakthrough. Is there a message from that film that can be helpful for us during the pandemic? One of the keys to Breakthrough, and I think it's relevant now, is to not allow what we see to impact what we believe. When you look at that movie, you know, Joyce Smith, who Chrissy Metz from This Is Us played, you know, her son uh, was, was dead, you know, and... Uh, the doctors told her to go in there into the emergency room to say goodbye. And she didn't allow what she saw to impact what she believed. So instead of saying goodbye, what did she do? She went and prayed and she petitioned for her son's life. And as a result, her son got his heartbeat back and that began a miraculous recovery. So I think one of the keys that anyone can take is to not allow what you see. I know we're going through a lot with all the things going on in the world with the virus, but please not allow what we see to impact what we believe. You've been highly successful in an industry that's not always known as being the most faith-friendly place. How have you been able to do that? You know, I've been able to do that through um, really two things. It comes down to uh, service and excellence. And here's what I mean by that. So often, especially, you know, as people of faith, like, I, I, again, I, can't, I come from the Bay Area. So I was told, I was raised in the church. So I, was, I was told, oh, you can't go. I had dreams to go to Hollywood, you know, as young as I can remember. People would say, you can't go to Hollywood. You know, it's, it's hostile to your faith. And the way that things began to turn in my favor was through service. You know, I would get to the office early. I would go around and ask everybody, what, what do you need filed? What do you need faxed? At the time, fax machines were a big deal. Uh, what's your coffee order? Let me go get your coffee. What is your lunch order? Let me go get your lunch. I made myself of use. Even when I didn't, wasn't given instructions, I took an initiative to serve. The other part was excellence. These, the, these two things are within our control. I could not, I can't control how fast my career was going to move, but what I could do is control how I showed up every day, how I served, and did I put excellence in. Excellence to me is care and consideration for the work that we do. Are there any other words of encouragement you'd, you'd like to give to the Bay Area at this time? Yes. You know, I mean, listen, the Bay Area, as, as we've said, is my home. And uh, you've got to know that um, uh, we have been through difficult times before. I was there when the Lone Prieta earthquake happened. I was there, lived through that. Uh, the Bay Bridge partially collapsed. Day, uh, you know, the Nimitz Freeway at the time, you know, collapsed. There was so much going on. And what happened? Uh, we rebuilt. Remember that as a Bay Area, we are rebuilders, and you are too. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Everything that has happened to us, we may not have wanted it, but we can use it in a positive way to rebuild our lives, and not just rebuild, but to do it better. What about your family being rebuilt better during this time? What about your job, your career? You found something you otherwise would have never found during this period of time. What about you discovering something new about who you are and what you're supposed to do in life? This is a time for anyone in the Bay Area watching this message to know that it's difficult, but through this, you will succeed and you will rebuild because that's who we are as people who live and are from the Bay Area. Devon, thanks so much for your time. Stay safe, stay strong, and, and say hello to your precious mom. We're at Good Samaritan Hospital and we're here to donate 120 smoothies 
to the people on the front line battling the coronavirus. My feelings on blessing these people who are putting their life on the line to help us contain this coronavirus, it, it means a lot to me as well as the community. The thing that kind of hit us is when we saw reaching out on the news, we never said it to each other, but we thought it and we said, we need to do something. We need to make masks for the volunteers. They're helping the community. Reaching out is working working with the city and we need to help our volunteers. They need to protect themselves as well. So we never said it, but we just started doing. You are what you don't eat. Did you know there are studies that document that half the American diet is composed of artificial ingredients? So that means most of the food you eat is fake, from artificial sweeteners to artificial preservatives to artificial colors. Even though you choose to eat more whole grains, fruits, and vegetables, you end up feeling more frustrated and irritable the whole time. These foods get you feeling good for a little while, but after a while, your health is halted by what's artificial. So what if we focus on what we don't eat instead? If we don't eat artificial sweeteners and preservatives, then we won't be artificially pleased or satisfied. In Matthew 24, 4, Jesus gives us a pretty good idea of the dangers of artificial outcomes. He warns to not be deceived by things that replace what's real and keeps us from experiencing the true benefits of the Savior. So don't be misled. Say no to the artificial and get ready for the supernatural. This is Cathedral Strong on the Minute. Many nights we prayed With no proof anyone could hear In our hearts a hopeful song We barely understood And we are not afraid to fear we were moving mountains along before we knew we could oh yeah there can be miracles when you believe no hope is free it's hard to cure who knows what miracles you can achieve when you believe somehow you will you will when you Feel. 
Hey, Cathedral family, this weekend we celebrate our graduates at Cathedral of Faith. I know this has been a really interesting and unusual year for our graduates, but we're believing God has interesting and unusual things prepared for them as they step into their new season. It's great this weekend to have with us Pastor Yus, our youth pastor here at Cathedral of Faith. He's coming to share some encouragement with our grads. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Wayne. Well, First of all, on behalf of my wife, Esther, and I, we really want to congratulate you. You guys, you did it. Can you imagine when this all started and probably you were like freaking out, what is going to happen? But now the time is here and you did it. And I want to encourage you with a scripture. The book of Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, it says, commit your actions to the Lord and you will succeed. And we believe that. Can you imagine King David when nobody heard about him? He was in quarantine, but yet he became the king. And we're speaking that over you, that God is going to make you successful if we just trust in the Lord, that he's brought you through a time as this, a big test, but you made it. So we can't wait to celebrate with you. But first of all, God is such a great God. So once again, we love you and just enjoy. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Houston. On behalf of all of our cathedral family, Pastor Ken, we want to say to our graduates, well done. And to all of our church family, I also want to say, well done, good and faithful givers. We appreciate your faithfulness to give during this time. We invite you to join us in this moment. You can see at the bottom of the screen the number to text your gifts to. You can also go online, you can go to our website, you can drop by the church office or mail your gifts to us. We just appreciate your support in this moment as we continue to bless our community and bless the nations. I want to speak God's blessing on you in this moment. Let's join together. Heavenly Father, thank you. Would you smile in our community? We need your grace. We need your mercy. We need your justice. We need your life and your love. We need your hope. For each of us now in this moment, as we give what we have to offer, would you bless it, smile upon us, give us the wisdom we need, the strategies we need, the resolve we need as we step through this season. We give these gifts to you and I just speak blessing upon each of our givers. I also ask Lord that you'd bless our graduates, that this would be an amazing season for them to step into your favor in a new way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We sure do love you and miss you, and we can't wait till we come together. All right, here we go. Here come Lord Jesus, he come. Up slowly, he's got eyes of fire. He makes holy, holy. He says, I know you, 
shine. He's got feet, they're glowing. He's got lightning flashing. He's so all-knowing. He says one and one and one is three. He says come and see my father. You can look straight at me. He's the final attraction. He's got all we wanted. He's our satisfaction. He's got power life we've never seen. He says, Come into my arms so I can heal your disease. Come together. Together in unity, one mind, one goal, one voice, nothing is impossible. enjoy movies? One of my favorite animated movies is called Inside Out. It was made by the whiz kids over in the East Bay at Pixar, and it explores what goes on inside an 11-year-old girl who is uprooted overnight, kind of sounds like what happened during the pandemic. And all of these emotions show up. There's disgust and joy and fear, anger and sadness. They all are in a place called headquarters, vying for airtime. And when they get it, when they're in control, well, they literally push your buttons. It's an entertaining story about the power of human emotion. We really are an ocean of emotion. How do we, how do we manage the moods that we have? How do we deal with how we feel. It can end up being very big in our lives. The book of Proverbs says this about our feelings. Like an open city with no defenses is the man who has no check on his feelings. It seems like such a small thing to put a check on your feelings. But we all can look back at the past and we followed our feelings and we ended up someplace we really didn't want to be. 
Our anger took us somewhere we didn't want to be. Our sadness took us somewhere we didn't want to be. Our fear took us somewhere. Fear is an interesting thing. I, I saw this picture of two guys on a ride and it said, if fear had a face, this would be it. <laughs> I think it's right. Well, fear can serve, have you ever thought about this? A useful purpose in our lives. See, the fear of the virus, it has helped to advance the study of science as we're searching for a vaccine. Or how the fear of failure can move us to hone our craft and excel at our craft. Or how fear can actually be the starting point of faith. A little bit of fear can stimulate faith to rise up in the face of that fear. So while fear does have a purpose, when we are overwhelmed by fear, paralyzed by our fear, instead of mastering our fear, our fear masters us. I've been in ministry almost 40 years and every once in a while, I'll be talking with someone who's just starting out and they'll ask me, can you give me one of the things, well, just one word of advice that you'd have for me for this as I'm starting in ministry, and I always point out fear. Don't let your fear run wild because if your fear goes unchecked, you will miss out on opportunities that God sets before you. I know that because I've done that. And it's, you don't wanna look back and think if I wouldn't have let fear get the best of me. It's so important to put a check on our feelings. Uh, what do we do with that ocean of emotion? Here's what I'm suggesting. Invite God into the area of your emotional life. If you do, if you invite a little more heaven into your emotions, watch what can happen. Jesus once gave a story, it wasn't an animated film, but his stories have even greater impact than a two hour blockbuster. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Just a little bit of yeast gets put into a big batch of flour, but that yeast ends up influencing and impacting everything. If you give God a little bit of room to move in your emotions, if you give heaven a little space to jump in, it can end up being very big in your life. Think with me about this ocean of emotion. Well, it starts out with the obvious that human beings are beings with feelings. It's part of what makes it human. But why do human beings have feelings? Well, it all goes back to the God who made us. Look at what the Bible says about the feelings that God has. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. God feels joy. Psalm 78 says, how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. God feels sadness. Psalm 103 says, just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. God feels compassion. Or Romans chapter one says, God shows his anger from heaven against all the evil and wrong things that people do. God feels anger. God has emotion. And because of that, well, we're human beings made in the image of God. That's why we have emotion. Now, sin has impacted our emotions, so our emotions can be all messed up 
But if we'll bring those emotions to God and allow God to redeem them and restore them and use them in a way that helps to advance his kingdom and his purpose in our lives and in our world, that can be a powerful use. Emotion comes from a Latin word called emuvere, and it was from a word to move, and that's really what emotion does. It moves us in here, we feel it, and then it moves us out here. And if it moves us in the right direction for constructive purposes, take for example, the emotion of anger. When I watched that video of George Floyd, I gotta tell you, first of all, it broke my heart. But then I was so angry to watch one human being be so cavalier with the life of another human being, it ticked me off. And it should tick you off. When you see blatant evil and injustice in our world, it should tick you off. Sometimes it's an anger, it's, it's a sin not to be angry. If it doesn't tick you off, you ought to check your moral pulse. When we see evil and sin, we get angry. God gets angry because he sees how racism and murder, the impact it has on our world and in our community, the pain that it causes, God gets angry too. What do we do with our anger? If in this moment we bring it to God and ask God to show us how we can use this anger in a positive way for a positive purpose to work for more peace and justice in our world. I was watching an interview with, uh, with Mr. Floyd's brother, Terrence, and Terrence, I, I don't know how he did it. In the interview, I mean, if somebody put a knee on my brother's neck and killed him, I just pray that I would have the strength and grace to do what Terrence did. He went before the reporters and the protesters and he said, my family is, we're a, a faith-believing family. My family's a, a peaceful family. And then he had the crowd repeat after him, peace on the left and justice on the right. Peace on the left and justice on the right we take our anger and we use it to turn a broken world into a better world, the Bible says, don't let evil overcome you. Instead, overcome evil with good. Now, that brings us to the connection between our thinking and our feeling. There is this connection we see that connection in Romans chapter 12, verse two. It says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. The best way to change the way you feel is not to try to do it directly. It's through indirection. Change the way you think and it sets in motion a process which eventually changes the way that you feel. There was a study done of folks who were battling depression. And here's what they found. They found that the average person has 200 negative thoughts a day, but the average depressed person has 600 negative thoughts a day. If all we're doing is focusing on the negative, dwelling on the negative, then it takes us down into the spiral of depression deeper and deeper and deeper. One hospital in our area said that their suicide attempts, they saw more attempts in one month than they had typically see in a year during this pandemic. How do you change that? You bring your thinking to God and you ask God to help him change the way you think. And by changing the way you think, 
It can change the way that you feel. You ask God to turn those numbers upside down because while there's a lot of negative that's happening, there's still a lot of positive in our world. And there's always, if you're a believer in Jesus, there is always room for gratitude. There really is. There was a a man in the Bible who was struggling with depression and he had a talk with himself. Sometimes it's good to sit yourself down and have a little talk with yourself. And this is what he said. He said, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising him again. He puts a smile on my face. He is my God. What does he do? His circumstances had not changed. But what he's saying to himself about his circumstances has changed. And that is when his mood starts to lift. Let me ask you a question. What have you been saying to yourself about your circumstances? Change the way you've been talking to yourself and it can change the way that you're feeling. It's not the only thing that matters but what I'm saying to myself, it does matter. And if I begin to live a life of gratitude, talking about my circumstances with God in the picture. My dad used to tell me, he, he, he said, you know, can some people, they say, I, I feel bad even though I feel good because I know how bad I'm gonna feel when I feel bad again. And then my dad would say, I just turned that around, that I feel good even though I may feel bad because I know how good I'll feel when I feel good again. (laughs) Begin to change the way you think and the rest of you will tend to follow. Isaiah chapter 26, look at the connection it makes. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Peace and thoughts. Boy, this can be a powerful tool in managing our moods. That brings us to the last thing to think about. That's healing and feeling. Healing and feeling. We all have emotional scars, but Jesus can take those scars and turn them into stars. We read in the book of Hebrews this about our high priest, Jesus Christ. We read, we don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is ready to give. Take the mercy. Accept the help. Jesus, it was truly God. And yet he was truly man. And he understands our weakness. He understands not just the fact of our weakness. He understands the feeling of our weakness. He knows what it's like to feel frustration and anxiety and sadness and rejection and anger and pain and hurt. He knows what it is to be scarred, but he also knows how to take those scars and turn them into stars. You know, if you're hurting emotionally this weekend, wherever you're hurting, I I saw this one church sign it was a well blooper in their bulletin and it read low self-esteem group will meet Thursday at 7 to 8.30 p.m. Please use the back door. Do you think that's helpful for the self-esteem group to use the back door? <laughs> There's a book called Healing for Damaged Emotions. And in the book, the author believes that one of the most damaging emotions that wreaks the most havoc in our lives 
is a gut level feeling of inferiority. That it just sinks us. A, a voice that says you're never, you're never gonna amount to anything. You're no good. You'll never be loved. No, you're utterly worthless. And when that feeling takes over, it paralyzes your potential and it destroys your dreams and it ruins your relationships. It keeps you from taking hold of your promised land. But if you allow God to begin to work on that scar, Jesus knows to ha how to take scars and turn them into stars. I I've seen it firsthand. I really have. I worked for almost 40 years with a, a lady who was amazing. I mean, she was an effective communicator. She was a television host. She managed projects around the community. She was just, well, part of the reason we're here today as a church was because of the giftedness of Beverly Jaime. You would never know by looking at Beverly that there was a time in her life she suffered from such low self-esteem. She felt utterly worthless. She was so self-conscious that in college, she was paralyzed by her fear to the point where she would not leave her table and walk across the cafeteria. Paralyzed by it. But she turned that area over to God and God began to heal her and that healing got from her head to her heart and she began to learn on the inside that she was made in the image of God and that Jesus had died on the cross for her and that she was a daughter of the most high God and that she was a one of the kind masterpiece that God had made and God had made her to, to perform great works and all of that, well, it started to heal the scar, turn the scar into a star and she ended up teaching a class and writing a book that helps others find their identity in Christ. That's how God does it. And what God did for her, God can do for you. I wanna pray with you. Maybe you feel worthless. Maybe you struggle with that sense of inferiority. Friend, I wanna say to you, it doesn't matter what color of skin you have. It doesn't matter what economic background you're from. You are a child of the most high God. Put your shoulders back. You've been made in the image of God and your life is sacred. Friend, God has a purpose for you. You are a masterpiece of God and you've been formed and fashioned exactly for that purpose. Know that today. Believe it today in your head and in your heart. Heavenly Father, we need you. There's so much depression and anxiety battling with our identity. Who are we? God, our self-esteem is grounded in you. Lord, we won't listen to voices in our head. We won't listen to the devil. We won't even listen to the crowd around us. Our identity is not in what they say. Our identity is in what you say about us. So Father, I pray that you would bring healing and wholeness emotionally in the Bay Area. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, amen. Thanks so much for allowing us to come into your home. I'm very grateful to have this opportunity. We'd love to hear from you on social media or give us a call at the church. If you'd like to hear the full interview of Devon Franklin, he has so much great stuff to say. It's worth going to the cathedral website and you'll find it there. 
Next week, we have our friend, uh, best-selling author, psychologist, John Trent. And he's going to be talking about how to, how to get healthy emotionally, mentally, how our families can get healthy with just little steps of faith. They can end up being very big. So we hope to see you then. Right now for our benediction is my friend who pastors up in the city, Toby. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Good morning. My name is Toby Kurth, and it is my hope that each of you will experience hope this week as a result of having tuned in this morning. Archbishop Desmond Tutu, a man who has experienced his share of suffering and strife, says that hope is being able to see that there is light despite all the darkness. We can have hope because light is shining in the darkness, and the darkness has not and will not overcome it. We can have hope because Jesus is always bringing forth new life in the midst of brokenness. This kind of hope has real power. We can embrace this kind of hope because God is good and nothing can separate us from his love. So please listen to these words from Romans 8 and hear them as God's promise to you. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. What's up, everybody? Come on yes. in. Welcome to The Wrap. This Welcome. is the time where we get to talk about what we just experienced in the sermon with Pastor Ken leading us through the butterfly effect and how small things are changing our lives and our world. Absolutely. My name is Vaughn. This is Irene, Megan, and Cedric. We're The Wrap crew for this Woo. week. And we're going to go ahead and just get straight into it. While you're watching, though, we want to encourage you to write down something yes. that yes. you remembered from the service. Because... Not just for homework's sake, but just that, that this actually helps us learn, right? If you remember in school, they would always say, you haven't learned anything until you can recite it back in your own vocabulary. Yeah. So let's do that. Let's spur one another to think more, not just to listen one time, but let's just think about what we heard and let's talk about it. So Megan, what stuck out to you? <laughs> what stuck out to me in Pastor Ken's sermon is that the fear um, if people didn't know, I'm a very fearful person. I always lean on the side of caution because um, I come from this image of perfection that I never want to tarnish. And Pastor Ken was talking that fear can either put you in the direction of fulfilling your purpose or it could paralyze you. And I very, very much resonate with paralyze because I'm always scared. I'm always scared. But then I always have to remember God put me in this season or this, this path for a reason. And I have to lean on him to know that he is the reason why I'm here. Mm -hmm. For that purpose, I have to keep going. I have to keep pushing forward. I cannot, I cannot go into the fear. Yeah. Maybe talk about how, what are some ways that you remember that mm -hmm. you pushed yourself through that? Like what, what kind of, how did you change your thinking? What did you do? So a lot of times, um, I thought this was super weird. I always try to hide this from people. I talk to myself. I always give myself pep talks. If I'm walking around, you see me go like, Megan, you can do this. God got you. I'm literally doing that all the time because if I don't talk to God or if I don't connect with my emotions of fear and telling myself, it's okay to fear, feel this fear, but you have to get through it and God will lead you through it. Yeah, and I think it, it reminds me, too, of how there's power in words. And we're made in the image of God. And he spoke things into existence. And if, and if we're speaking, we're also listening. So I think that's such a powerful practice, especially when it's truth. And fear is such a crazy emotion because they say that, that fear is an even greater motivator than love is. You know, and it's crazy how... how um, our emotions, just like Pastor Ken said, can can lead us to places that we really shouldn't go. Because even though um, when things happen, and even though when sometimes it's only 10% of the truth, but when we focus 100% on that 10%, all of a sudden that 10% 
becomes 100%. And then the next thing you know is that we're believing a lie 100%, mm. right? And that, that really reminds me of how King Saul, he could have had a great relationship with David, who was his, his, his right-hand man, his best soldier, his most loyal general, and who happens to also be his son's best friend. But because he let fear and jealousy drive him to a dark place, it eventually led him to a place where he had to develop hatred and, and jealousy and, and led him to a place where he had to throw a spear at David. And that just really destroyed the relationship, destroyed the potential, and destroyed the opportunities that that, 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 that power relationship could, could have had. Yeah. I super agree with the 10% and then 100% because you ever text someone and then they don't respond. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, what did I do? <laughs> like, they don't want to text me back. I there's, probably... There's a few people that I've texted this yeah. week that have still yet to respond. <laughs> and hopefully out. you're watching this, and hopefully, you know, you, <laughs> you will pick up that phone, and you will text me back. He saw the, re he saw the read. He saw you read it. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the ellipsis, right? You saw the three dots. So spring, you're just And then it goes away, and then you're yeah. like, oh, they really didn't like it. They well, definitely saw it. Yeah, yeah, so then you're thinking, sitting there like, what did I do? Right. to offend them and then later on they text you back like an hour later like oh sorry my phone was dead right. and you're like oh, okay they're not mad about <laughs> just like going crazy absolutely I think for fear too uh, um in like doing what God's called us to do sometimes it can appear like oh yeah this is what you do but inside it could be such a struggle and I say that because as when I was younger I was terrified to the point where I was angry if any you know at my my family would ask me to do certain things. And I remember, um, I thought I, I love doing other things. And this lady came up to me and said, Irene, you care more about what people, um, think about you than what God has asked you to do. You need to get over yourself. And it was like, she was explaining to me how it was a form of pride. And I didn't, I, I remember crying that night and said, God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. Like, I want to have that faith and that in God that it overrides my and cancels my fear and that I'll do anything and I'll be a fool for you if that's what you call me to do because you're so good and you're so worth it. So God, cancel the fear in my life. And it's interesting how that can go both ways, right? Yeah. You can, sometimes we perceive the, someone who is fearless as being prideful because they're, they'll step in front and do anything in front of anybody. But that, that the opposite could be true, too. That, like, the one who says even false humility, mm -hmm. right, can sometimes hide that prideful thing that wants to be seen or, mm -hmm. or not to be seen as something else, right? Absolutely. It's very yeah. And there's another um, quote that Pastor Ken said. It says, much easier to command a thought than to command our emotions. Oh my goodness, I feel like that's such a good tool for all of us because there's certain situations where I have sat there and been like, I really can just go this way if I think about this. But if I just focus on this, then I can really turn this way. And there's like a deciding point there. And just to know that God has given us the power to think about what we choose to think about. I just love how, how that when we find ourselves in those places that our emotions have led us to, mm -hmm. Pazikan gives us the, the, the recipe to reverse that, right? And, yeah. and um. Um, it says that in First Samuel that that when David was greatly distressed because the people spoke about stoning him, right? He 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 didn't just let his emotions or his fear to, to take him to a deeper, darker place. But the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Yeah. So I picture at that moment, David he he like took everything that he knew that was true about mm -hmm. God and all the promises that were spoken. Uh, over him, he may have took he yeah. he may have like taken out his phone and just read some like, encouraging memes or whatever. <laughs> but he just repeated and repeated those things over yeah. and over again right. to himself to 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 get him out of that place. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important too, like like we're not demonizing fear, mm -mm. because fear is actually it it's it keeps us alive, right? Yeah. I mean, you even think of like you know primal instincts of like fight or flight. Like mm -hmm. these things have actually enabled us to survive as a race, right? So like. But it's a, it's allowing it to use to to as a positive mechanism versus a negative. They they say that like what um, that 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 courage is not the absence of fear, right? The courage is 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 uh, doing what you need to do in the midst of fear, right? I, I've always felt like that 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 the fear is the key to to unlock your comfort zone because every time you face fear, your comfort zone expands. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, and I think, too, in terms of, like, making sure we're thinking about the right things, 
like in in this day and age where we're we're on, we spend so much time on social media and it, and in this time of shelter in place and through the the covid stuff it's even more right we're spending more time uh and we're just and so i'm i'm glad that pastor ken mentioned the george floyd incidents which has you know kind of affected our country and you see how it's it's moving p- p- some people to positive action but it's also mobilizing people to fearful action or angry action and how we have to decide for ourselves. We have to sort our own self out. I'm not responsible for anybody else in the world. I'm responsible for me. And so, like, as for me and my house, we're, you know, we're going to decide, okay, what do we do with those feelings and emotions? And so, yeah, those are some great things to think about. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the scripture that comes to mind that Pastor Ken says is, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God, I love it. Do not, and then, you know, the beginning of that verse is do not be um, conformed to this world, but be transformed, you know, like Optimus Prime. That's like a whole new beginning to end. That's the power of God's word for you and for me today. That's right. Yeah. So let's not dwell on the negatives. Let's, let's put those positive pictures and those positive things in our life, uh, using the word of God to move us toward life, to move us toward healing, move us toward move us toward uh, hope. And so, and we can do that. Like we can do that together and we can actually do that at one o'clock on Sunday at the after wrap where we kind of do more of this, but we also have some great guests. There's going to be some great singing. There's going to be some great fun interviews. We're uh, supporting businesses in San Jose. And also we're just, we're teaching ourselves to focus on the positive and to move forward in the goodness of God. Absolutely. We look forward to seeing you there. So Please join us. We have a dance cam. You got to get your moves ready. We've got a DJ and everything, Uh and it's going to be a party. So thank you guys for tuning into the wrap. We want to see you at the after wrap. We love you, Cathedral of Faith family. Stay strong in the Lord and keep going. And as always, it's a wrap. Boom. I can do anything, I can do all things, cause it's you who gives me strength, nothing is impossible through you, blind eyes are open, strongholds are broken, I am living by faith, nothing is impossible. I'm not gonna live by what